respirations. Let's talk about it. So, first, take a few deep breaths with me. You're probably, you know, in a little stressful situation because, you know, that happens in life. So, breathe in and breathe out. I like to do the breathe in for four seconds, hold for seven, and exhale for eight. Let's do just one of those. And if you're in public, you know, you can make the exhale quiet. But I do that, and I try to do that every night. And honestly... I stopped doing it when I, like, got a roommate. And I couldn't fall asleep. Now I'm dependent on it. So, here we are. Okay, now that we've done some breathing, relaxation, let's talk about vocab. So, um, there are different, lots of different vocabs for respiratory. There's, um, eupnea which is normal. (laughs) Um, It's unlabored respiration, one respiration to four heartbeats. Tachy... Tach... How do you say that? Tachnia? Tachypnea. (laughs) But it's an increased respiratory rate and may occur in response to an increased metabolic rate. Brady, why can't I ever say these? Oh my gosh. Decreased respiratory rate, and it occurs in some pathologic conditions. There's apnea, so that's periods where no breathing occurs. Dyspnea, difficult or labored breathing. And orthopnea, (laughs) changes in breathing when sitting or standing. That was tough. Okay. So let's talk about rate and depth of breathing. Changes in response to tissue demands controlled by respiratory centers in the medulla and pons. Activated by impulses from chemoreceptors. And increase in carbon dioxide is the most powerful respiratory stimulant. There are variations in assessment findings. So the respiratory rate is the number of times a person breathes or completes a cycle of inhale and exhale within one full minute. So, oh no, here are these words again. Okay, rate. Apnea. Um, cessation of breathing. Bradypnea. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Abnormally slow. Tachypnea. <laughs> Abnormally fast. And then depth, there's deep or shallow. Rhythm, um, assessment of the patient, oh my, assessment of the pattern of respirations. And abnormal, there's things like shiny, shiny stokes, I think is how you say that. And cosmals. And then effort, work of breathing. Dyspnea is labored breathing and Orthopnea is inability to breathe when horizontal. So there are different variation, variations in sounds, breath sounds. 
there's a wheeze sometimes, which is a high-pitched, continuous musical sound. It's usually heard on expiration. And what is wheezing usually associated with? If I'm listening to this myself, you should know because your sister has it. Asthma. Um, there's ronchi, which is low-pitched, continuous sounds. It's caused by secretions in the large airways. There's crackles, which are discontinuous sounds usually heard on inspiration. They could be high-pitched popping sounds or low-pitched bubbling sounds. There's also strider. It's a piercing high-pitched sound heard primarily during inspiration. So a piercing high-pitched sound that is heard without a stethoscope is primarily during inspiration. And in infants who are experiencing respiratory distress or in someone with an obstructed airway. Um, So again, overview, there's wheeze, ronchi, so wheeze is high, ronchi low, crackles, or strider. That's a piercing high-pitched sound in inspiration. So continuing, or continuing, counting the respiratory rate. The nurse should count the respiratory rate for one full minute. Don't you like the 30 seconds and multiply by two or... 10 seconds multiplied by 6. Do it for a full minute. Because, again, accuracy. The patient can alter the rate and pattern for respirations if you tell them. So count when you are not being watched. So I actually, me and um, her name is Eden, we were doing um, vital signs on each other. And we were trying to, like, sneak count respiration. And so while we were waiting, so you like, when we do pulse obliteration for blood pressure, you like wait a minute between the obliteration and then actually taking the blood pressure. And so she was planning and wanting to like count my respiration while I was doing that. But then I just started talking because, you know, I want to get to know her and stuff. And, you know, we're going to be there for the next few years. So (laughs) I was like just asked her like what she had for lunch and I could tell that she was like (laughs) she was like caught off guard and was like uh (laughs) and uh um but I didn't really think much of it and then afterwards she told me she's like I was trying to count your breaths but then you started talking and I couldn't see your chest rise and fall anyways so I just don't know when to do it and so like I had tried to do something similar to her like, while I was doing blood pressure, trying to count her respiratory rate, didn't work. So, or count her breaths, I guess. So we asked, and um, Betsy, one of our um, lab instructors, she was like, sometimes, you know, you just, you can't be sneaky about it. So what I do is I tell them that I'm listening for their breaths, and I just ask them to just breathe normal count their breaths so (laughs) no sneaky way that I've figured out but oh well (laughs) okay anyways side tangent back on so we're gonna talk about oxygenation a little bit there are different tools to measure oxygenation there's arterial blood gases and those are directly measured um they directly measure the partial pressure of oxygen and carbon dioxide and blood pH. And they're typically performed by a 
respiratory therapist or an RT as I learned today. Uh, there's also a pulse oximetry, which is what we usually use, or a pulse ox um, meter measure thing. Uh, it's non-invasive and um, it's performed by anyone, and it's 100%. The 100% is the maximum, but it may vary by client. Um, so what do we do if our patient's O2 stats drop? What do you want to do in that situation? You want to give them oxygen. O2 is considered a medication and requires an order. Um, the, your go-to round on your patient and you find... Um, you've Okay. <laughs> You go on your rounds and your patient, and like check on your patient, and you find that they're cyanotic. What will you do? You're gonna put oxygen on them. You're not gonna just be like, oh, um, doctor, <laughs> oxygen? <laughs> You're gonna save this patient's life and just give them oxygen. And then tell them, okay, I put oxygen on, and we need an order for that. So, yeah. Um,. But yeah, so we'll go a bit more into oxygenation in a different episode, but let me give you a little scenario, super speedy. So you're at the health fair again, checking vitals, and Mr. Jackson walks up. Mr. Jackson sits down next to you, and you notice he's short of breath. He's, like, talking to you, and you're trying to assess him, and <laughs> his respiratory rate is 28 breaths per minute, and he appears to be struggling to breathe. What do you think this respiratory rate means? What do you think it means? Um, I think this could mean he just um, maybe has heart problems. He um, could have just like done hard labor. So what should be your next action? Maybe ask him some questions. Um, evaluate, assess what he's been doing, if this has always happened, and what would you say to Mr. Jackson? What advice would you give him? I'll let you think about on your own. Um, so yeah, I'll leave you with that. That's all. Good luck! <laughs>